T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. You can always listen to this on the DA Show's podcast feed, so you can subscribe to the DA Show in podcast form, and you'll see this every single week. Also, it has its own podcast feed as well. Just search Permission Granted. It's also available inside the free Odyssey app couple of big things to get to here these days. Number one, Mothership at the Movies returns for week number three. Wednesday morning, we are doing Little Big League. That is the 1994 movie where a kid's grandpa dies. The grandpa is the owner of the twins. And in his will, hands the franchise off to his grandson. Yes, he does. Grandson becomes not only owner, but also... Pushes himself into the managerial position, I believe. Things happen quickly once he takes over <laughs> ownership. It feels a little like he's Jerry Jones, but he is uh, an elementary school student that knows more baseball, according to his grandpa, than anybody he could have handed the team over to. The problem is, and we'll get into this on the show, he says that there's guys who can handle the day-to-day, and we find out very quickly that he's going to step in and be the manager, and he's going to handle some day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, who else would you rather have managed the Minnesota Twins of 1994 than a 13-year-old kid? Billy Hayward. Billy Hayward. Did we do Angels in the Outfield? It's interesting you say that because Angels in the Outfield becomes a short topic here coming up in Side B as we discuss the three movies of that era, Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, and Little Big League. I don't think we did. I don't think we did either, except I feel like I've seen it relatively recently, which would fit inside the window of Mothership of the Movies because I don't know why else I would watch it. I remember watching it on a Saturday night during no sports in the pandemic when I think ESPN was starting to run sports movies to fill time. And I don't know why, but I almost think Angels in the Outfield partially spurned like the idea. We might have had a discussion on the air about Angels in the Outfield, and that led to Mothership at the Movies. Mm. Okay. That's kind of, if I'm doing this right in my head, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like that was the case, but we didn't actually break it down. This needs to be some type of, uh, some type of project for one of our listeners, although not every show is archivable 
right, for our listeners. We could go back and listen to any show ever, but they can't. I think they might be able to because when we did this PGP, what number was it, 400? And we went back through the archives. It got to a certain point where I think you could go back to 300 of the PGPs on the podcast form, and those are all on the same uploader as our hours. So I think if you really dug, you could find it. If you could find us talking about Angels in the Outfield and see whether that was the cause for Mothership of the Movies, that'd be very helpful for us. So last week I went down to Camden Yards, and on Thursday was Mo Gabba Day, and that was awesome. And uh, I just wanted to take you through the week and the day that that was. So get down there on Wednesday after the show, and I took the train down there. So did the show here Wednesday morning. And peel back the curtain. It was a big topic. DAs traveled down from the city yeah. of Baltimore. Am I going to drive? I think I want to take the train. Have you ever taken the train? We had a lot of behind-the-scenes convos on this, so I was very curious to see how this went. So Amtrak runs the Northeast Corridor. There's actually plenty of trains. You can get one basically every hour between New York and I just noticed Baltimore. that. Be, and a new All beautiful night. Penn Station that you run out of, too. Yeah, Penn Station is the train station that's underneath Madison Square Garden, which was built in the 60s, and it's a dump. But they did something across the street called the Moynihan Train or Travel Center or something like that that's gleaming, beautiful, and new. And that's where the Amtrak comes out of. So that was awesome. So I was like, I don't want to drive because after the show, I'm always very tired. And I'm like, I can get a nap on my way down. That would open me up for doing something when I got down there Wednesday night. A friend of mine wanted to go out to dinner, Craig Hoffman, who does afternoons down in D.C. Uh So uh, so I was like, okay, I'll take the train down. Plus, I'll avoid any traffic because last time I went down last year, I flew through Jersey and PA, and then I hit the Maryland border, and it was a parking lot. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with Baltimore Beltway traffic, et cetera, so forget it. The train was great. It was so easy. I was like, what the hell? This is a life hack. Because if you drive from New York to Baltimore, probably four hours, right? I would say three, because from Long Island, it takes me four door-to-door every time I've done it. It's about an hour into the city. From the city? It just depends on traffic. Yeah, it depends. I I think if you're not obviously going during peak rush hour, three hours you'll be down there. Okay. And so from from the city when we left Manhattan, it was like 240. Yeah, and you're making a couple stops, though, too. We stopped four places, Newark, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Wilmington, Delaware, and then Baltimore. So it was so quick. I was like, oh, my God, we're a half hour outside. We're already there. This I slept for an hour. I woke up, and I was like, we're an hour and change away. This is amazing. So I loved it. Coming back, a little bit more hairy, only because when we came back, we got caught in train traffic at Penn Station, and so we were just stuck waiting for the doors to open for almost 20 minutes. Ah, oh, that's rough. Train traffic. You never want to train. You take no. the train to avoid the traffic, I not know. to have the traffic. So we got up in time, and it it – cruises it doesn't stop at your stop very long once we got into new york it was like okay we got to wait for where we can pull in to empty out the car so for anybody in the east coast that may be looking to make this trek because i know they go all the way down to miami and back up the train that i went to baltimore would end up in miami i saw that i was in moynihan hall saturday and i saw i was pretty amazed by it seeing people like wow who would take the train that far but i'm curious how because i love camden yards i love the inner harbor how far is the drop off from that area it's about a 12-minute Uber. So you Uber over. Okay. Yeah. That's the yeah, Uber to the hotel. Okay. Yeah. So so the train ride was great. The only thing is there's really no food, I don't think, on the train. There, there might be a snack car, but I didn't see it. Okay. I'm, I'm even doubtful. I guess if you're going to Miami, you kind of need something. 
but you should be prepared. Anyway, it was great. Get down there, end up having that monster crab sandwich. It's a crab cake and a soft shell crab. And the guy behind the counter listens to the show. And he's like, yeah, we can make that for you, even though it's not on the menu. I had seen this on Instagram last year or maybe six months ago or so. And I screenshotted it because I was like, when I go back down there, I want this thing. And it was a beast. It was great. And it was delicious. They had on at this place, it was called the Local Oyster, a very good place. And they had on the TV something called Origin Sports. Have you ever heard of this? Never. Me neither. Okay. They were playing the 1985 NIT championship game. What? Indiana, UCLA. I believe Indiana. I know it's UCLA because Reggie Miller is on UCLA. All right. And I'm like, this is so interesting. What is this? I was like, you must have put this on because this guy was a big sports fan. He's like, no, actually, I didn't put it on. I don't even control the TV around here. He's like, somebody else put it on. He goes, but when I saw it, I was like, this is great. It's apparently like a Roku channel. It's only on certain smart devices. Or- I think so. And I think it's done by Raycom. So they must have rights to all old college games. Okay. But all they do is play old college games. So it's like an ESPN classic college version. Yeah, but only like streaming. Wow. And as hey, I good for a bar being up on the streaming services totally. too, right? That's a big fear with Amazon having Thursday night football and everything. Yeah. So I ate a crab cake and soft shell crab sandwich while watching the 85 NIT championship game. And this was not my decision. Yeah, I was I the mean, only guy at the bar. This There's mixed company. So what are the odds? If you're looking to paint DA's perfect day, it's right? some kind of seafood meal and something happening from 1985 in front of them on TV. It's amazing. It's just <laughs> totally amazing. They knew me. They knew exactly what I needed. Went out to dinner that night. That was very good. And then we woke up, and uh, I woke up and did the show. Took the Uber up to the station because I didn't have a car, remember. That's right. the only, you know. So the station's about 15 minutes north of Baltimore. They're very, very friendly there. Very nice. The engineer there was very talkative at 5.30 in the morning. I was like. Just what you're looking for at 5.30 a.m. All right. right, Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing some construction at 105.7. So I got the whole tour of the construction. Oh, boy. Meeting rooms, new studios. This is where our old green room used to be. I'm like, That's a big tour. Got it. Got to go. I (laughs) got to get ready for the show. Got to fire this up. So do the show a little difficult because. Audio setup was fine. Video setup was hard. You crapped out a couple times. The video did or the audio? The video. There was a couple times where Cap had to cut to basically a graphic and your video went down quick blips at a time. Two minutes here, there. I had to bring my tripod and the external camera to hook into my laptop, but it was not setting up well. The camera wasn't turning on properly. The angle looked stupid. The lighting looked stupid. The whole thing looked stupid. So the first hour and a half on Twitch, on YouTube, or on Watch DA just, I thought, looked like total dog ass. Uh, I mean, dog ass. Sometimes dog asses can be nice. I would say this. I Monitoring from afar, you and Cap's discussion, I don't think it looked nearly as bad as you, in your mind, thought it looked. Okay. But... It, it was not consistent. I think that was more of an issue than how it looked when it was consistent. I just kept trying to figure, yeah, well, yeah. I tried to figure out this angle, that angle, this lighting, right. that uh, this height, that height, when it was working, when it wasn't working. So that, that was a huge stress in the middle of the day because I'm also on foreign soil. So 
I've got to make sure I understand my own my own board, yeah. levels, are we coming in, guests, everything like that. Yeah, you're like solo. That. You're in charge of everything there. Yeah. Video, audio, the whole ops. So the show itself was a little stressful. I didn't think it was my best show. None of your faults. It just it didn't feel like a good show for me. Also, to be quite honest, maybe a little bit TMI, the night before for dinner, we had gone to what would probably be described as like a new Chinese restaurant. And by new Chinese, I mean it's like a a new take on Chinese food. So it's like run by very young people, very okay. like creative dishes. It's not traditional. It's like very okay. lot of spice. So gambles were taken. And I didn't order because I, I went out with Hoff and um, and he's a friend of mine and we've known each other for a while and his fiance and they have been to this place before they know the owner. So they did a lot of the ordering and that meant they sent some dishes because of the the kitchen knew them and they were real adventurous. <laughs> and I woke up that morning going like, whoa, what, what's going on here? Little bead of sweat down the forehead. Yeah, we've been. I'm just like, you know, and maybe it was exacerbated because I had a lot of stuff going on. If I was just here or at home doing the show, maybe I would have been comfortable and no. Muscles are relaxed in that way, shape or form. But the in this case. off kilter. When you're when you're kind of like stressed, maybe a little anxiety ridden, you're trying to, you know, things can start bubbling and going through, and your body takes some shots down the field. And uh, luckily, it didn't lead to anything disastrous. But I, mean, I the just, bathroom could have been under construction. The bathroom was right across the hallway, so that was fine. But I didn't need to use it; I just used it for number one. I got you. But <laughs> in the middle of you know, is the camera set up? Yeah. Are we hooked up? Am I there on time? Going in and out of, you know, when I need the engineer in here, hey, what do we do here? The lighting, all that stuff. Now I'm also, like, feeling the spicy <laughs> cabbage from the night before. <laughs> you know, it's like a... Like there's a, moist pork and there's spicy we, cabbage. We did, like, a, a some type of fish, fried fish with a spicy, and I was like, I'm feeling all you of know, this right now. I don't need it. I, I love... Hoff, Craig Hoffman, you got to go burger and fries night there. You, that's a, you know, or just the standard like chicken and noodles. Like just yeah. give me glass noodles there let's or something just, like that. Let's go to something. It's yeah, we can't be get, taking shots here today. Also, I had a day in the sun out in the ballpark yeah. lined up. So thank goodness I had one bite of something that was so spicy, my mouth was on fire. I was like, I can't do any more of that. Thankfully, I didn't do that because had I been at the ballpark all day and eaten a lot of that. Been DEFCON 4. I know you're going to laugh and think I'm kidding. I had an experience at Camden Yards once where I ate at the Hooters in the Inner Harbor. Young, too. I'm talking about 14. The game ended in a one nothing BJ Surhoff homer. Wow. I was doing a number two in Camden Yards during the homer. Wow. I went all the way down to Baltimore for an Orioles game and missed the only run <laughs> the of the only game. Run. The only run of the game was a BJ Surhoff solo homer. I think it was Orioles Twins years ago because my stomach. <laughs> you remember what you ate? It was it was like wings and shrimp and I did too much hot sauce at yeah. a young. I'm telling you, I was like 14 years yeah, old. I don't do it. I was with my uncle Ray. I'll never forget. He's looking around. Where are you? You know, <laughs> two innings gone in the bathroom. So we do the show wrap-up. I'm like, you know, hopefully we did it well enough in honor of Mo. We had Mo's, you know, friend from the Johns Hopkins Children's Hospital on there. She was very, very good, but I was like, I don't know if that was my 
my best show, but you know, on to uh, onward and upward. Getting the Uber to go home, dude has a Mets hat on. So he's like, "How's your day?" I was like, "It just got better." I'm a Mets fan too. So we talk about the Mets on the way to the uh, to the hotel, and uh, that was very cool. And uh, I had told you the day before in an Uber that was a Cowboys fan. This right. woman, Melinda, was a Cowboys fan, and she was trashing Dan Snyder. <laughs> she had worked for Dan Snyder for Washington. Um, and she was, I forget what she had done, but she had worked with him, and she was just like, everything you hear is true. He's awful. He's a nightmare. We hated when he came to work. I was like, this is good dirt. Really good context for. Nothing says I'm done working for Dan Snyder, like putting on a cowboy hat and driving around the area <laughs> doing Uber, right? She was way happier. So the Ubers were great. Get back to the hotel, then get ready, you know, change, and then we're going to go out to the ballpark to Camden. And uh, there's a couple of guys at uh, at a table at Pickles Pub outdoors. They've had their t- T-shirts on. And I notice it's Mac and Bear, which is awesome. A dude named Haim in Baltimore, who I didn't know because he doesn't really tweet, I don't think. Or maybe he does as CK, but I didn't know him. Um, and then there is a guy without his momentous uh, Oriole shirt on and he's there and uh, I was like nice to meet you nice to meet you nice to meet you and uh, the guy without his t-shirt is moist pork so I forget if he said I'm moist pork or he said he's I think it's pronounced Moshe yes Moshe I would always say it's Moishi but I believe it's not it's Moshe Plotnik Plotnik right and I believe. it was me who couldn't say that and led to moist pork which <laughs> I give him credit for embracing yeah, yeah. So, uh, and the first thing he does is he pulls out a gift for me, and the gift is what looks to be like a plastic box that is almost like long matchsticks, but in the plastic box, it's metal collar, collar inserts, so that your collars stay straight. Collar stays right. And I'm like, oh, that's a funny gag. That's a funny bit. And he gives it to me. And, um, you know, he has a smile on his face, a wry smile. And moist pork has been known now for three things. One, for give me the business over my shirts. All the time. Kills me on Twitch. I don't really follow Twitch, but you tell me. Yeah, he usually joins the show in the second hour. So there is usually this groundswell about 15 minutes, 6.45 a.m. Eastern, of those in Twitch going, I can't wait for Moist to wake up. I can't wait for Moist to wake up. I got to hear what he says about DA's shirt. And it's almost like they're all followers. They'll either like or hate the shirt, depending on what Moist says. So Moist kills me on my shirts and then also cheered on the negative review of a certain mattress company that happens to be a sponsor. That's right. I'd already forgotten about that's that. His big, that's yeah. his big claims to fame. So then he, now he gives me the, the metal inserts, collars. Okay, it's a good bit. And, you know, I'm in such a good mood. It's like, thanks for, I mean, it doesn't really matter who shows up, how many people show up. Like, just showing up for Mo isn't enough for right. me. But I'm like, oh, okay, so I kind of get the moist pork thing because now I have a day to spend with him. And I feel like moist pork after the afternoon is a little bit like our Newman. Another listener, AJ in Baltimore, showed up. He showed up at the ballpark, so I didn't meet him beforehand. Steve in SP also showed up with his daughter at the ballpark. So I didn't have the pregame with them. But I had the pregame with Moist, walked over uh, to the ballpark, walked in, talking to him, et cetera, then had the afternoon. 
And I think he's like our Newman. AJ said the show reminds him of Seinfeld. Wow. He, he said, I remind him of Jerry. You remind him of Costanza. Okay. Bogish is Elaine. Oh, that's interesting. And Pete is Kramer. Wow. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Like an eccentric, hyper kind of. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Annoyed by ridiculous things. Doesn't know he's being ridiculous when he's being ridiculous. Bizarre stories. I never thought of it that way. That's not bad. So, and so then I'm thinking of the show in Seinfeld and I'm like, he's kind of like Newman because you know how Newman's always an agitator? Yes. He's always around. It's not that they hate him. I mean, Jerry always says, hello, Newman. I mean, he's clearly welcome to hang with them. Yes. He's welcome to hang. He spends a lot of time with them. Kramer really likes him. But he's an agitator. He always has, like, something. Right. He's, like, ribbing them a little bit. And I think that's Moist Pork. I, I, He's a diehard listener to the show. I mean, his, he says the only reason he's on Twitter is because of this show. But I think he gets off on poking us or critiquing. I think he gets off on being critical. Like, I don't know. I don't think he thought I was a bad guy. I would hope he doesn't. So it's a little bit weird that he would log on every day just to grade my fashion, right? It's a little that's a little bit of a weird thing. Yeah, although I do have to say his peer pressure doesn't help. I think he probably did it once or twice and it became a thing. And then you embrace the needling thing. Gotcha. And he's a nice enough guy. I feel like if it was just me and Moist sitting down, yeah, he'd be fine. Just you and Moist sitting down. But I think that he he just gets off on on getting the rise or being critical because I looked at Moist and I thought is a nice enough guy. You know, I think he's in on the joke and I think he, he does have good intentions, but I looked at how he dressed. He wasn't some great snappy dresser. Nothing I mean, you saw the pictures. Me, yeah, nothing bothers me more than people who think they're great dressers, critique everybody's dress. And then they're just fine. They're fine dressers. And he didn't wear the momentous t-shirt. Now, I don't know if he bought one. I would hope if you're going to come to the ballpark, you bought one. I would hope. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, you're going to come and sit with all of us and not. Did he be... order one and it wasn't in in time? He's perhaps? the only guy. No, you could pick it up there. Oh, so if he ordered it and it didn't get shipped. Okay. I mean, there's the picture of all of us. You no, saw No, I this. know that. Okay, I just didn't realize if you ordered it and it said it was coming, but then you showed up and it didn't come yet, they'll just give you one? Is that how it worked? Well, you could have chosen to pick it up, so I guess that's true. It could have been still in transit, right. and he didn't. Which would be really bad if, to prove a point, he wanted to show you how he dressed, missing the bit of the shirt, I guess, now, right? Now, I, I do want it very clear. I like moist. Okay? We know you like moist. I like moist pork. I got a, had a good time with him. I didn't even bring up any of the agitator stuff that he does. But I want to show you a picture of all, all right. of us. Okay. You know which one's moist. He's the only one without the momentous Spot T-shirt. Him right away. And you tell me. Shoes are terrible. You tell me if that's the guy that should be the agitator and or the fashionista. No, he's not. He's not. In fact, the Be Momentous shirts are nicer than the shirt he's wearing. I'm I'm not kidding. The pants are a bit much. The red. He's wearing red pants if you go left or right on your radio dial right now. And he's doing something we kind of mocked last week. He's tucking in a shirt that doesn't necessarily have to be tucked in. With By no means is he fat like Tommy Lasorda, as Jose Canseco would say. But 
I mean, he's not he's not perfectly slim. It doesn't look like a great tuck into pants ratio with shoes that you know what, dude, you're at a ballpark. I don't need the loafers. <laughs> that would be my critique. Maybe that gets by office casual wherever he works on Saturday. You go to Camden Yards, that's a rough outfit. So everybody there was awesome, including Moist. But I, I just thought, okay, you want to be the agitator? Then you're going to have to be well, able to. Well, that's a fair critique back. If he wants to critique fashion. Hey, you got to take some shrapnel yourself. Right. I say this. If I showed up wearing that outfit at Camden Yards, Moist Pork's killing me. He's got a dark blue polo on. Tucked into, like, burgundy pants. Tucked into burgundy pants, big black belt buckle, and black loafers. So, you can see this picture on my social media accounts. Can can it be comfortable walking around Camden Yards with loafers? <laughs> okay. Now to everybody else. <laughs> Heim was great. He's Moist Pork's friend. I'm not sure if Moist got him into the show or he got Moist into the show, but they listened to the show together in Baltimore. Moist Pork and the loins. Heim, Heim is great. Funny dude. Uh, really into the show. Asked some really good questions. Um, Mac and Bear, just as cool as we thought. Mac and Bear. And Bogues has met him before at a McDonald's outside of Delaware game, remember? Yeah, he's ba- based in Delaware. He was the one who saw your outfit. You wore a Flamingo outfit at Bob's Bar Show. Yeah. And then immediately ordered the same thing and rocked it and made it look cool. Yeah, it looked way better than <laughs> yeah. looking at it. He just drives all the time, and he drives up and down the Northeast, and he listens to us all the time, um, and he's just he's heart of gold, like just – one of those really great people. He's that perfected the art on Twitter, by the way, of not being a bleep bleep. Like, everybody on Twitter has a moment where they're either slightly negative or you get offended by something they say or bothers. Like, everybody has it. That's why Twitter's called a cesspool. Mac and Bear defines what everybody should be. He's just the nicest person on Twitter, but doesn't come across as disingenuine nice. He said to me something so interesting. We, we had a bit of a round table. We got to, like, the second inning... Um, I was like, guys, I'll buy a round of drinks for everybody. What do you want? So a couple guys had beers, a couple guys had waters, somebody had a soda. So I bring back the drinks. We're sitting in Section 96. It's, it's hot. And I was like, you know what? Thanks for making the trip. You guys, whatever you want to know about the show, open season. Here. Q&DA. Q&DA. That's because a, a few people had been asking me questions on the side, and I could tell like other people were leaning in to hear what my answer. So it's probably best and actually easier for you if we just do a let's yep. – Let's go. And so for a couple of innings, we just did like Q&DA. And um, Mac and Bear said, you know, I get involved on Thursday, Thursday, but I don't do Trash Tuesday because I just don't like being negative. He's like, I I don't want to put that out there. And I was like, I totally respect that. I said, we do it because I think it's actually a healthy way to express frustration instead of letting it build up. Yeah. You know, it, sometimes when you gripe about something, you just verbalize and then it's it's done with. And I'm like, it, it helps some people. I need Mac around me because I got to be honest, there are Thursdays I struggle with what I'm toasting. <laughs> and Tuesdays, no problem. So that's the type of dude Mac and Bear is, which is incredible. AJ in Baltimore was great. Uh, he was also totally cool to hang out with. And then uh, Steve, um, who is a huge fan. He's the dad that has his daughter. 
Jackie, who plays volleyball in high school, and he travels all the time for volleyball tournaments, and he tweets about it on Target Demo Friday. He's been listening to us literally since our first night on the air uh, in 2013. So the whole crew was just great. Then my dudes, Dean with Thread Level Midnight, great. Um, Glenn Clark, who was down there, who's a radio personality, bought the T-shirt as well and wanted to hang out with us. And we just had, like, Sanzi, Mo's mom, and and the family was with us. And the whole thing ended up being really, really incredible. Some of the questions posed during Q&A I found were interesting. Okay. The number one question I always get, and this was the first question asked, and I think it was from Mac and Bear, is Mraz for real? <laughs> and I said, honestly, he's for real in that what he says in the air, he's not acting. He, if he has a weird question, he doesn't know that answer. If he says something stupid, he didn't know. He's not He's not making any of that up, but he does lean into it on the radio because he knows it's good radio. Yeah, I'll roll with the punches if I see something's entertaining, even if it's at the expense of me being a moron, for sure. <laughs> uh, another question was about the punishment of the PGP. What is going to happen? Because remember, that had happened two weeks ago. We had gotten into last Thursday, and I still hadn't addressed right. it. And I told them, honestly... I didn't want to make it a thing the week of the Little Mo situation. Which makes sense. I I knew it could be awkward. I knew it could be upsetting. I knew it could be contentious. I was like, let sleeping dogs lie through this event, and then we'll get to it on the back right. end. Yeah. We'll backstab everybody after the good good feelings. That's the way to do it. Um, What were some other questions posed? Um, just love the idea of a Q and DA. Yeah, it was great. It was just it was like a bad press conference. People just shouting over each other. It was a very organized. It was pretty organized. Somebody asked about the updates and said, right. like, why do you still do updates? Is that a management thing? And I said, no, honestly, I think we're caught in like the crosshairs of this nexus of time in sports radio where half hour listeners, maybe more, maybe 70% use their phone all the time and get all their scores. And then maybe 30 to 40% don't use their phone for sports and need to hear from us. My father's the same way. My dad would never go to his phone for sports, ever. Would have no idea how to use the ESPN app. If my dad sees the Yankees of one, I have no, no idea what happened with the Blue Jays or Red Sox. It's bogus telling him in the morning. That's how he gets it. Yep. So there's a generation that needs that, and all of these guys were like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And all of them use their phone all the time except for Mac and Bear. Mac and Bear... He confirmed. He's like, yeah, you know what? I get my sports news from Bogus. So there's the Plus, value there. Now, 30 years from now, we'll see what the value is. But, yes, today there's still value. Um, So I think I got to think of some of the other ones. But th- those were some of the bigger ones we did. Nothing else quirky show related. I'd have to think. Oh, the Shep days came up. Oh. December 2020 dark days still pandemic because we still couldn't arrive at the office couldn't work from the office it was around the holidays so i think pete had off and shep was entrusted as the only guy back here at the studio to run the board for two days and infamously it did not go well and we did talk about how poorly it went and they asked me about you know what happened there and i had to be honest i had to be honest and say Again, Shep's intentions are great. They're always good. He wanted to help out, but he wasn't ready for that spot, and you could hear it, and that frustrated me because I was detached at that time from home, and remember, we had no control right. over anything. No, it's it's you, Bogish, and myself looking at each other through a Zoom 
having done what we can from home, and everything else was out of our control. And it was really nightmarish. Yeah. one one. And now, there were a couple things, if I remember correctly, that would have went wrong even if Pete were there. Like, there were yeah. a couple, yeah, yeah. which, wrong place, wrong time. But still, there was a day where Shep, two days where Shep did not hurt or did not help his case mm. in making things better, let's just say. Right. Now, Shep's grown up a lot since then, I think, on the board and engineering and producing. So I don't think that same thing would happen again. But I had to walk them through. Like, that was very real. And, um, and then... That got into how I used to get way more mad at you, and now I don't. Why are these guys bringing that up? <laughs> and Mac and Bear said, oh, yeah, I remember you saying that you went to therapy and learned, like, more patience. And I was like, well, I, I never went to a therapist, but I have spoken to my wife quite a bit about, you know, more healthy ways to be constructive, be a better boss, be a better employee, be a better person. I mean, to her as well, be a better husband. You know, how do I make sure that I don't say something off the cuff that could come off as, you know, aggressive, confrontational, et cetera. So um, I thought that was interesting. The Mac and Bear had interpreted me talking to my wife through some things as going to a therapist. I would say this. She was better than any therapist I've ever uh, heard of because, boy, things have changed. And, and, and if anyone wants to ask DA questions, you just think about the repercussions of said questions before you ask them. So, <laughs> I think I, I really let it rip in this Q&A. And I try to be as honest as possible because, again, I really thanked them for coming. And, like, the least I can do is be honest with you and not try to, like, hide behind, uh, you know, some type of show business well, I think wall. You, I was going to say, I think you gave good answers because, obviously, you were off the next morning on Friday morning and Bogus and I doing the show with Pete and... Several of those same names came right in through the various social media channels to listen to the show. were very excited and seemed very happy about the day they had experienced with you. And knowing Moist Pork, the, the pot stirrer, knowing you know any of these guys, there was no negative. Can you believe DA said this? Can you believe DA said it was nothing but positivity coming from that? That's very cool. Um, Steve was uh, really awesome. He he. We all went to go meet Sanzi, and Steve said, you know, I just thanks for everything that that you've done. Thanks who you are. Your son was incredible. Like that was a really touching moment. Um, and I think I might've been a little buzzed when I was doing Q and DA because, because it was such a chaotic morning. I never had breakfast oh. Then I got to the ballpark thinking I was going to eat. And I had two beers before I ate anything the entire day. Liquid breakfast. So I think I was just a little bit like a little, yeah. little loosey goosey and coming off whatever the night before with the food <laughs> you had eaten hot, Frantic. Yeah, that's not good. So then after the uh, the game, uh, everybody leaves. The Trey Mancini inside the park home run happens. That was incredible. Uh, me and Dean end up going to uh, a crab place called LP's, um, which was not far from the ballpark. And, so uh, I was right. You did hit a second crab hit on the way out. It's a crab cake sandwich because I didn't have time to get my hands all disgusting right. before the train. But got my crab cake sandwich in. And then uh, he drove me to the hotel and to the train. Um, and away we went. And then I got back and... How about this? I got back. I took a 5.30 train back. We probably got in around 9. Waited in that tunnel in, in uh, Penn Station for 20 minutes. Got out. My car was still parked at the garage here. So I came back. Back downtown. And was like, you know what? I got to go use the restroom after that long train. Came up here to the station at 9.30 on a Thursday night. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, went to the bathroom, washed my hands. Little gelb on the speakers, <laughs> and away we go. Yeah, I don't think I saw anybody, but I thought that was very interesting that yeah. I was. I've done that move before too. You got to come upstairs to go to the bathroom. Yeah, if you got a restroom on the way home. Yeah, I've had to park my car, go to games, take the subway down or whatnot. I've done that before too. Yeah, brutal. So that's the Baltimore trip, basically in a nutshell. And um, then that leads us now to the PGP, which we tried to kind of suss out today. And we were ready to hammer Bogus and Pete for two different arguments. Bogus saying, DA never told us. Bilotti saying, I made the call. PGP breather. Yeah. They, well, there's so many things that happened there. Number one, their stories were not straight, and I think that was a big issue. And at the core, their communication sucked, which I still think is a big issue. But when Pete comes with evidence that you spent a week away from us and did not put out a PGP that week. And I had forgotten that. That's a major case dismissed in many ways. Or at least, if I'm going down, you're going down with me, which seems to be what's happening here. And Pete saved AB's ass because Bogus didn't remember that. No. But remember, we did tease when Pete was off that week. He better come in and think about how he's going to approach this. <laughs> how many times did I have to say that? Because I was fearful of Pete because I've been on that other side. It was me trying to give him experience. You, you better be careful. Like, be careful how you approach this. And Pete brought it up on Trash Tuesday before we brought it up. He was ready to go with his evidence. He, he was. Been sitting on his evidence. He trashed me. Yeah. He trashed me. <laughs> Pete, who are you trashing? I am trashing you, and I am trashing this guy over me? here. Me? Trashing both of you for the trashing you did of me during when I was on vacation for not doing a PGP. Meanwhile, I took a page from the DA playbook because he did it at the end of December. So trashing both of you morons. Is Oscar the Grouch living in there? Wow. Whoa, I didn't see wow. that coming. Did not. Did not. Okay. Get you out. Okay. Okay. Well. We're going to have to address this coming up later on Damn in the show. Right. Pete had evidence, man. I, he was ready. I have to give him a little I, credit there. I tip my cap to him. Doesn't make it right. Two wrongs don't make it a right. No. But the worst thing you could do is be a hypocrite in many ways, and you came across hypocritical, and he called you on it. Here is the, the end summation. This is the scoreboard. Those guys were wrong for not doing a PGP without clearing it with me. Right. They should have said, hey, DA, we're not doing a PGP this week because A, it should be you, or B, Pete goes, we need a breather on it. And then I would have to make one of two decisions. I agree with you, or no, we're doing one either. I'm doing one, or you have to do one. So they were wrong in making a decision and then Blaming it on me. Yes. But I can't be a hypocrite because I don't remember it, but apparently I was in the same situation and I didn't do a PGP, and I credit Bilotti for knowing that, and I feel like he was keeping that arrow in his quiver until now. Like, he never brought it up. What other bodies are buried? That's my question. Right? I mean, he is... He was caught not doing a PGP, and then suddenly he was like, well, let me check every PGP ever. No, I think he knew it. And I think last week or that two weeks ago, he probably went back and said, let me just make sure has this ever happened before. And he was ready. He was ready. And I think he was almost angst that for two weeks we didn't bring it up. And he said, when are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? Because I'm going to sit on this. So he he went after me. Yeah. Well, to the victor go the spoils. So now we just, I think the right solution is we all got to do one. Not you, because you were never in the wrong. You were out that week. And I've paid punishments on my PGP (laughs) faults before.
But I got to do a side C. Bilotti's got to do a side C. And Bogus has to do a side C because he. Yeah. So I said to Bilotti, do one on Vince McMahon. All right. That's your wheelhouse. He goes, fine. You do one on retro uniforms. We haven't decided on Bogus. But everybody hated, apparently, the retro uniform idea. Everybody. A couple people don't mean everybody. Well. It's like three hardcore people that rally together. Was one moist? I can't vouch that one was moist. Because a fourth would have been moist because he tweeted at me, so what's the punishment? You're talking about things you like? Again, rabble-rousing. Yes. The main leader of this is this glorious splat who just basically can't stand any uniform talk. That's what the age is living in the age because he loves all the new uniforms. That's gotcha. like his thing. So he's 16. Yeah, but they should not they should not represent. I mean, we're on every we're not we're not performing the show for six people. You know what I mean? Like how many tweets do you get of people saying I can't stand the uniform talk? That must mean they at least like it. And I'm interested in it to be honest with you. Otherwise, I wouldn't send it constantly for a topic. Unless the idea is we have to talk about things that we're uncomfortable with. That's the punishment. No, I see. I disagree because I think that just makes it a crappier PG that you're not going to be interested in. I think by doing something you're interested in, it's just more work. Like the point here is work was missed. Do the work and and perform for the listeners. Yes, that's it. You're making up for lost time. You are now making up for one that was lost in December. Pete and Bogus are making up for one that was lost then. Right. Do it. Do it. You might as well be passionate about it. You're you're still doing the work that was missed. So we got to find something for for AB. Oh, we will. Maybe it's a Dave Matthews thesis. <laughs> PGP going back and... Uh, I was going to pitch maybe F1. Like, he's really into F1, and I, I'm not quite certain why F1's so popular right now besides that Netflix show. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Maybe that's it. Or the rise and fall of DMB. I guess they haven't really fallen. Or how to handle a wife that travels four times a year for different girl trips. So we got to figure all of this out, but... Uh, we think that the PGP in question, the permission granted punishment, yes, will probably happen in two weeks when you are off and Bogus is off. Yeah, Bogus will have to pre-do his work right. for sure. But yes, there is a week that came up last Friday that Pete was unaware of, which led to a whole other scheduling debacle behind the scenes. That it just so happened where we tried to all line up our time off in August. Now you doing the Fridays is separate, which leaves. Me and Bogish were under the impression we took two separate weeks and we took the same week, <laughs> oh, God. which was a Pete clerical error last week. So, yes, there's going to be a week coming up in two weeks where DA is here, Pete's here, but there won't be me and Bogish. Uh-huh. So that would feel like a good time to do the, that Pete. Could week. be a Boyle and Schwartz week. It, things could get real wacky. <laughs> real wacky. Exciting. Really exciting stuff. So, uh, side B, you guys tackle... We tackle a little bit of Mothership at the movies because we want to get into Bogus's thoughts on the actual movie. And also, we heard Amanda the intern on the air on Monday, and I think we realized that Pete has shown his strength in management when it comes to running the internship program. Great point. Amanda said, like, three sentences, and I was like, she's really good. It takes you... Half a second to recognize when somebody's got chops, if they've got chops. Yeah. And I was like, wow, good voice, good delivery, clear on air, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, she can do this. And by the way, been here for two months, and the fact that we're only noticing her now in the air means she's done all the gritty hard work to earn that spot. Yes. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And uh, number two, on the bogish Mothership of the Movies, I retract what I said last week. 
I said, Bogues is still grading out the movie and not the sports. This week, he was great. Absolutely. This week with, with the, replacements. the replacements, yep, he nailed it. He yes. thread the needle on buying totally into this was a real football story and break down the real football. So, of course, as yep. always, he's a quick learner and he nailed it. Yeah, hates the karate kicks at the end, but yes, nonetheless, he's still great at the sports. Uh, so, I just want this as a quick take because we only did the sports. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed the replacements. Shocked. It probably is. If you really wanted to have the conversation, when you encompass sports, that's probably the wrong word, but sports, comedy, storyline, it might be a top five sports movie of all time. I think you're right. It is the equivalent to Major League as a football movie. Yes. And Major League is one of the great sports movies, certainly the one of the great sports comedies ever, that in... Caddyshack. Okay, we'll put Caddyshack in there. Slapshot. And Slapshot. Yeah. That would probably be the three. Yeah. It's that good. And and no, it's a little bit lesser than because the acting isn't as good as Major League's acting. Major League has Wesley Snipes, has Tom Tom Berenger, has Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's the big one, yeah. I mean, it's got a really good cast. Uh, but <sighs> Major uh replacements was so good. It's so funny. And just like Euchre, you have the Madden and Summerall. Now, it could have been better to have a wackier announcer, right. kind of like Euchre was. Oh, wait, Zanaboni, that could be the place for him. He should be movie announcer wow. guy for sports movies. Wow, like a Brockmire. Yeah. But I really liked it. And Keanu's great. Excellent. Keanu's great. It's a shining role. I'd rather I'd rather Keanu replacements than John Wick. I'm in. There probably, though, is more sports holes in this one than Major League. Major League's probably a little bit more loyal to real sports. Yeah. It could be. Although yeah, I guess that's true because some of the replacements doesn't make sense. This this the schedules, the Right, the schedule. The season's ending on Thanksgiving. Rules don't apply. Blatantly using stick them. Yeah, you're right. There are some holes. You're trying out the cheerleaders at the same time yeah. you're trying out the team. What a union they must have. You're right. replacing the whole team within a week and asking yeah. them to play football. Yeah, why aren't the other teams struggling as much as they are <laughs> early if they're all in the same thing? Yeah. There's certain parts of this for sure. But by and large, I loved it. So I thought it was great. So next up, Little Big League. Kid's grandpa dies. He gets the twins. Yeah. At the time of <laughs> taping this, I have about 40 minutes left in the movie. I had to put pause as Taylor clawed me. Uh, but it's an excellent, excellent movie. Disney Plus? Uh, I ordered it, rented it on my DirecTV for mm. $2. Mm. So $2, I was able to search it, rent it for $2. So I didn't even end up going to the streaming at that point. I was like, you know what? Once I saw it was available there, I am not. I don't even want the huff, the huff and the puff. And also it allows me to save for five days. It's like a DVR special, so I knew it was good to go. Seeing Griffey in it is very nostalgic. Yeah. Griffey on the Mariners is on first base against the Twins. Yeah, Paul O'Neill's in it as well, batting for the Yankees. They, they go to Fenway. They go to Yankee Stadium. It's a fun 90s baseball movie. Yeah, for sure. very nostalgic. Okay, well, that's side A, a bulk side A. Here's side B. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. How do they do 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 It is Mraz here on Side B. How are you? Andrew Bogish with us. Full disclosure, we are doing a rare taping of Side B ahead of Side A. So whatever you've just listened to on the podcast, to us, no does not exist right now, Bogues. It does not exist. And the reason we are doing that, a very busy week for Bogues. Monday, the only show that he will be with DA, myself, before he returns back with me on Friday on a summer DA, a big week of writer than you for Andrew Bogus. Yeah, you know, DA's got Fridays. It seems like Bill Ryder has weeks of summer vacation, and uh, he's off completely this week, so you're getting a little double dip between Carrington Harrison from KC uh, and me here in New York splitting the reps. So, um, yeah, none of the big folks with their names on shows are working. So we get to step in every once in a while. And the reason I bring this up is because for all of those still wondering what could be a punishment, what could be a punishment mm. from the famed couple weeks ago of Bogues running the show, the DA show for a week and not doing a PGP, I will tell you this. Bogish will never make that mistake again. And how do I know this? Because when Bogus and I did a Summer Fry DA last week and ended the week, Bogus brought up, hey, just to let you know, I'll be doing writer's show on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So how do we want to handle Side B this How do we want to handle Side B this week? Bogus got ahead of knowing he would be unavailable on our normal taping days to make sure he could not be accused of not prioritizing the Permission Granted podcast. And then on Sunday when I found out, I just had a brief, childcare situation to handle doing the show from home on Monday, he followed up with, are we still going to do this on Monday? So, Bogus, you are on top of not letting a PGP go by the wayside now. Well, not that I didn't learn my lesson last week, because I did, and now I know moving forward, if it ever happens where you and DA are off simultaneously, that the PGP is 100% on my shoulders. I've learned that lesson because of what's already happened. What's happening with this particular week in Side B was actually part of my defense in a miniature way of why I thought there was a tiny bit of room where DA should have said, hey, I'm even though I'm working in L.A., I'm not going to do a side B because I normally am good about this. Like, I'm, I talk to you because your schedule is one thing, my schedule is another. I don't know when you're thinking about taping side B because it's not always the same exact time every week. So regardless of me messing up the recent side B, I would have told you last week, that I had writer conflicts this week. Okay, so there we go. Bogues does come through. He says he would have told us anyway, but he's all over it. Now, I will say something else. There's somebody else all over something, and that is our own Pete the Body Bilotti as a, as a boss, as a heroic boss filling that role. You might have heard on Monday's show, for the first time ever, our intern Amanda, who's been around for a few weeks, a summer internship program that sadly is coming to an end shortly. She's been fabulous. We had a a new crop of interns this summer. And I have to be honest, Bogues, Pete is in all his glory teaching interns. He really, (laughs) you get, you know, there's just to peel back the curtain, there's a glimmer in his eye. There is analyzation going on. Okay, this, this person does this well, this person does this well. I think in my 10 year history in working in radio, I've never seen somebody both more appreciative of interns, but more 
feeling powerful on how to teach an intern and and the process that goes into it. Have you noticed a little jump in uh, Pete's step as the internship program winds down this summer? Well, of course. First of all, we have interns, which is a huge help, and we didn't for a while, so they're great to have back. We have a couple of really good ones led by Amanda right now, who, by the way, is doing a very good job actually working here, but is also strangely nice to all of us and continues to bring in Baked goods. Super nice, yeah. As like thank yous for showing her the robes. We did this. You let me be on the show. So there has been like once a week there's been donuts or cake. Like so she can stay as long as she wants as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) She's keeping us fat though, Bo. Yeah, that's that's fine. But Bilotti, yeah, Bilotti loves the next generation. He wants to be the locker. He wants to be the locker room leader. He wants to be the mentor. He wants to be the one that molds the young minds. And if you show (laughs) any like old school openness to like doing, you know, doing the grunt work and listening, and you know, what's the old the old thing like? Don't speak until you're spoken to. Like, yeah, because some kids come in here. And they think they should be hosting a show, and they're full of hot takes and this and that. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah. And they don't, they don't know how to play the game. But if you play the Pete game, man, you got a fan for life. And you know what? I want to crush Pete for this, but can I say something? He's really good at this. He's actually really good at the internship program. Right. He, I, I, if I'm going to crush him how many times on the PGP, I do have to say he's excellent. And... What's really wonderful is Pete, you know, there's a couple different interns and they all have their different personalities. And of course, they're, they're college kids, right? They all have their strengths. They have, you know, room to grow or whatever. Pete did something that I've never seen in an internship program before in my life. Pete saw between CBS Sports Radio and WFAN how to build a schedule and get to know the personalities of said interns and what he thinks would fit. And he thought Amanda would be a really good fit on our show. And I have to be honest, she's been extremely helpful. She's alleviated a lot of work Pete has to do, which you know is a win for him. But she's been phenomenal. Pete is identifying talent associated with shows. Yes. This might be the first reveal of the moment we go, you know what? Pete's fitting into this management role. Right. Pete, this this should be the promotion that Pete has been pining for for years, where he's like a talent scout. And then he's also the person that trains Everybody, because like our part of, you know, we, we make a lot of fun about the newsroom at night, not cutting things, making bad cuts, putting in like bad quality cuts because everybody comes from everywhere and a different person taught them what to do. And maybe they have bad habits or don't know the exact way things are supposed to go. But if we if you had to go through like Pete school when we hired you for like two weeks, you just came here and Pete was in a classroom teaching you like the the actual techniques of like when a cut should begin, when a cut should end, then how we label it, how to change, you know, if the quality is a little bit off, how do you fix it? How do you tweak it? And then everyone came out as the same finished Pete product. And then Pete made their schedule. This would be a better place. (laughs) Unbelievable. Now we are going to release this on Tuesday afternoon, meaning we have not yet done mothership at the movies, depending on when you are listening to this podcast this week. Bogus by virtue of working on writer than you it is unknown at this time whether he could be able to hop in ahead of that show to do a little mothership the movies but we have decided on our film so if you're listening to this on tuesday the film is little big league a thrill throwback to when i was a kid this movie in many ways bogues was kind of like an in sync versus backstreet boys version of sports kid baseball movies between rookie of the year with henry rowan gardner which we did on mothership the movies the original version and this, Little Big League, it kind of has a cult following and very similar time periods. A kid gets involved in baseball in some way. 
I cannot wait to go back and rewatch this and go through the baseball aspects of it to analyze it the way we do Mothership of the Movies, but I will just tell you from a movie aspect, this probably is one of my favorite baseball movies of all time. This movie is great. Um, in fact, I was confused at first when we picked it because I watched with my kids recently, and I thought we watched it for Mothership of the Movies, but I think we watched it because we had watched Rookie of the Year and Angels in the Outfield, I believe. So yeah. like, I was just in the mold of these type of movies, and I love this one because as good as I was were not growing up playing baseball, the idea of managing a team was like, Actually, probably what I would have won, and like I could have done at 11 years old, not pitch like Henry Rowengardner, but I could have made a lineup and kept Lou Collins in check at first base. So I'm all about this movie. I can't wait to watch it for probably the 19th time and then have some ridiculous conversation about why or why not they mess things up in Minnesota. Now, and I will also say this. So you've been like, you like the movie critic stuff all the time. So you do love this movie, which gives me a good sign because you're not going to really criticize it. Well, but he, see, here's the thing, though. It begins with a thing that could never happen. So then I immediately give it a little more well, leeway in okay. the creative kind of space. <laughs> like I'm replacements go- wanted to be a, an actual football story, and then they had an ineligible player playing. This movie begins with a preteen managing, so all bets are well, off. All right, so that's funny you say that because I'm going to give you the reason that I do like the movie. So, for the record, I love Angels in the Outfield. I love Rookie of the Year. All of these are really nostalgic for me, obviously, growing up, Bogues. But the reason I like Little Big League actually better than those other three, if we're going to kind of consider them all along the same realm, right, is because no kid is ever breaking his arm and throwing out a crazy (laughs) you know, pitch out of the outfield, and that's how he's getting signed by the Cubs and playing at that age. And no, there are not going to be angels causing inside the park or once. Although, I, how could I say that after right. Mo Gabaday? I guess I do have to pull back on that. That now seems very real because of just an unbelievable moment with Trey Mancini. But conceivably, an owner that has a grandson that loves baseball passing away and leaving the team to him because, well, he didn't think that he would die when the kid was still a kid feels like it could in some realm happen. Right. I mean, you could certainly make the kid the owner and then somebody else runs it until he's old enough to actually be the right. owner. Now, it does get quirky where he fires a manager, he becomes a yeah. and all of that. But right. Kevin Elster's in the movie. There's a lot, a lot There's a lot going on. The movie felt realistic to me. That's all I'll It say. felt plausible and yes. it felt doable. Like yes. you said, you're never going to break your arm, catch a home run, throw it back in. It ends up being a 99-mile-an-hour bullet. They go, oh, my God, you should pitch for us because we need attendance. But I could see my grandfather leaving me a team and me going, you know what, I'm going to be the manager. Leave me alone. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. So it is a good movie worth watching. And as Bogus just pointed out, he's watched with his kids. And Bogues, obviously, I, I've watched it as a kid. Watching it with your kids still holds up. They're into it, that kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Our listeners. Yeah, okay. all of these movies still hit, you know, are still hits in ter- if you're like – Anywhere from, you know, 6 to 12, yeah. probably. And and if you're worried about that, I just could tell you with having a two-and-a-half-year-old, the thing my kid, the movie my kid loves the most is Toy Story, and the song she loves the most is Who Let the Dogs Out. So I, the 90s <laughs> ring true with kids, still, I can tell you. Uh, all right, folks, that's going to wrap it here for Side B. You can follow you on Twitter. At Pete the Body. And you can follow, that's Pete's Twitter, that's the, he's tried to get one past me, that's Andrew Bogish. but hey, look, if you have hopes of being an intern, you could definitely follow Pete the Body, and you can follow me at CBS. Have a great week, everyone.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.